This is Kevin J. Anderson, and you'd have more time to read my books if you weren't listening to the Nerd Blitz podcast all the time. We were just, we were, it was, uh, reading, reading, we were just reading, just reading, reading. What could you possibly read like that? Um, books? Welcome to the Nerd Blitz Book Club. Pull up a seat and pull down your pants. Listen to us read and go on rants. Hey gang, thanks for joining us this week for the Nerd Blitz Book Club. I'm Doom. And I'm Fitz. We're back with Series 6, y'all. We are, it's been a while. And we're back with a book that we wanted to do for a while, we wanted to read, and we were always like, oh, it'd make a good fucking book club, wouldn't it? Ha 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 ha, and we could never find it. Because we were watching this bitch on Amazon, mm-hmm. and it was like, yeah, you can get it for 45 to 60 bucks at the lowest. And it's like, what? For one? Yeah, because it, mu- it must have been out of print for a while or something. Uh, yeah, it came out in like 2004 or 2005. So, let's see. First trade paperback, uh, March 2005. First edition was October of 03. So, yeah, it's been out of print for a long time, apparently. Because, see, there's a couple uh, DC books from around that time that I'd like to get, too, but I can't find them anymore. But anyway, yeah, we've been looking for it for a while, and like I said, it was like $40 for one copy at the cheapest. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, uh, never mind. And then uh, I had gotten a fucking assload of Barnes & Noble coupons, and thanks to Angie at GGAMK30 on the Twitter, we were able to get two copies. Yep. And it would have been $30 for both of them, which is a fucking hell of a lot better than 40 for one. 
It ended up costing about $21. Really? For both of them? Yeah, because, like I said, I got fucking ass-slammed with coupons from Barnes & Noble. That's great. I had two 20% coupons, and then one 10% off your entire order, and then an extra 15% off one item. So, yeah. Could be why they're going out of business. Possible. (laughs) They give out too many fucking coupons. Don't say that. That makes me so fucking sad. (laughs) Because, fucking, I love Barnes & Noble. You could shit talk them and be like, oh, fucking Borders was better. Fuck you. Barnes & Noble is the shit, my dude. All right, fair enough. I mean, they are the shit now because they're the only one left. That's my happy place. And if it goes, I'm not going to be happy anymore ever again. Yeah, you'll get over it. <laughs> you should open a book. Why don't you just open a bookstore, for fuck's sake? What the fuck am I going to sell? Not my books. No, you'd have to fucking order books. And stock your shelves and shit. But see, I would want to sell the shit that I like, and nobody would want to buy the shit I like. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to sell other shit, too. And then somebody would be like, hey, I want to read this new, um, I'm trying to think of an author I do not like. Dean Koontz? Uh, I don't want to say Dean Koontz, because he's got some Frankenstein-ish stories that sound pretty interesting. I was just thinking of a fucking name I could think of. Well, I almost said Stephen King, but I like his work. Imagine an author name. We'll just go with Doom and Fitz and be like, hey, I want to buy this book by them. And be like, they suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hell, to be honest with you, if we put out a book, I'd be like, they suck. Anyway, so what the fuck? I can't think of an author I don't like. I've read like three books in the last year that I didn't do reviews of because I was like, oof, I got to read Star Wars just to fucking get some sense of good taste back. Yeah. But yeah, so that's how that would go. Was there a point to that story? Well, we, we were talking about Barnes & Noble going out of business, and I said, why don't you, you just open... You had to open... bring it up again, didn't you? Yeah. And I said, why don't you just open a bookstore? That would be fun, though, to run my own bookstore. Yeah. Because book people, I mean, they're pain, they're pain in the ass, too, because, you know, they're people. That's really all I wanted to say. just wanted to say people are a pain in the ass. You'd have two sections. You could have, like, a new book section, and then you could have, like, a resale book section. Yeah. Are we doing book club or are we planning my fucking future? I don't know. I'm trying uh, to trying to give you a helping hand. Oh, somebody wants to help you open up a bookstore. I'm I'm down. I'm on that bitch. I don't know how to open a bookstore. I'm saying you should open a bookstore. I don't know how to open a fucking bookstore either. Do I look like a fucking smart person? I mean, there's a thing called the internet. See, that's my biggest downfall. I'm never one to be like, hey, I can't think of something. Let's go to the internet. Really? Really? <laughs> Why? Motherfucker, remember the whole fucking in the vault? Is it public domain thing? (laughs) I mean, we never really got on solid ground on that, but it never even fucking occurred to me to Google it because I'm old school, dude. I was at the last generation before the internet was fucking up your ass every minute of the fucking day. Well, how am I, how am I more Google savvy than you? I don't know, dude. I'm fucking analog hero in a digital world. I'm John McClane in Die Hard 4. (laughs) Alright With a better head of hair (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, yeah So, did we even say what the fuck this book was? No, because we're fucking yammering about Barnes & Noble closing and I'm about to cry over here Alright, so let's hit him with the name of the book What are we going to talk about? It's fucking Shadows Over Baker Street, dude Yeah. <laughs> I like how I'm saying it like you don't know. And you're an asshole for not knowing. <laughs> yeah. 
After a long search, again, thanks to Angie, we finally got two copies of Shadows Over Baker Street, edited by this dude. Michael Reeves and John Peelan. I'm I'm trying to do a build-up here, man. Yeah? Michael Reeves worked on Batman the Animated Series. Did he? He wrote some of my favorite fucking Star Wars stories, novels. Really? Really. Which um, ones? He wrote, he wrote with Steve Perry, the dude who's going to be in the next episode of Book Club we do. He wrote the uh, MedStar duology, which is a, it's basically fucking MASH in Star Wars during the Clone Wars. Oh, okay. But, you know, unlike MASH, it's good. Yeah, what was it called again? Uh, MedStar. It was MedStar 1 and MedStar 2. Okay. Yeah, I've heard And they've of those. got that robot droid, I think it's I-5YQ in it, who, like, throughout all of these stories, they kind of, they're trying to figure out if he's sentient or not. Oh, this is the one you were telling me about when we went to see Force Awakens with the sentient droid. Yeah. Right. Um, Steve Perry and Michael Reeves wrote a lot of those stories about the, that character and, uh, the Jedi that he hangs out with. Wish I would have gave him a better name. What? I5YQ. Doesn't really yeah. roll off the tongue. Not really, but I5 works. That's what everybody calls him. But yeah, they wrote a lot of the stuff with them. And then there's a Sullustin in those in their stories, too, that comes back. That's what I like about them. They've got a sense of continuity throughout all of their stories. So you kind of just come back with certain characters, and it's really fucking cool. But yeah, and Michael Reeves wrote the, um, I just said, a Coruscant Nights books and the Last Jedi novel, not the movie, but the one that came out like three years before, or yeah, three years before the Disney buy. Oh, oh, that one. Okay. I was going to say, he didn't write the novelization for The Last Jedi. That's what I said. Not the one for the movie, the one that came out like three years before the buy. So his is one of the stories that I said, there's like three in this book that I'm like, fuck yes. His is one of them. Actually, to be honest with you, I think all the three stories in here that I was like, oh, I can't wait for these, were written by uh, Star Wars authors that I know. Really? I don't recognize anybody's names in this book other than Neil Gaiman. Steve Perry, Tim Lebon, or Levin, and Michael Reeves. Yeah, Tim wrote that in the EU it was chronologically the first Star Wars novel. It was Dawn of the Jedi, I think. Okay. That's the one where I told you they dove deep into like some of the shit that George was like, well, it'll be called Bogan and Ashla, or whatever. And it was before Jedi even had lightsabers. Oh, right. You were telling me about that. Yeah, so it was like 25,000 years before Episode 4, maybe more. Good book. So yeah, all three of the stories that I'm really excited for in here are by Star Wars authors. <laughs> yeah, but that's not what we're going to talk about tonight. It's about time for us to dive into this shit, isn't it? Yep. Um, before we dive into these two stories, I wanted to ask you, just general sense, how you feeling so far about it? Um, I mean, it's not exactly what I was expecting. Agreed. It's, I, it's, for anybody who doesn't know, it's Sherlock Holmes set in kind of the world of H.P. Lovecraft, so, like, there's weird shit, like, supernatural shit going on, and... It's called pastiche. Right. The tagline on here is... Sherlock Holmes enters the nightmare world of H.P. Lovecraft. So, you know, I'm expecting, I'm expecting very kind of, I don't know, I was expecting kind of the, the, the tone of a Lovecraft story 
mm-hmm. but with a, a a Holmes mystery in it, with Holmes solving the mystery amid the the creepiness of of a Lovecraft story. Yeah. So far, these two stories, it's not exactly what I got. Yeah, see, what I told you the other day when we were talking about it is I was expecting, like, straight-up Arthur Conan Doyle-type stories. Yeah. With just a little twist. Sort of like that, um, like, Pride and Prejudice with zombies or Alice in Zombieland type of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. But not like they took the exact stories and changed where he said, you know, Creepy Man to, like, Cthulhu. Not that. Like ripped you know what i mean yeah because that's what those stories were i don't know if you ever read them but i read no. alice in wonderland mm-hmm. or alice in Zombieland. all that was is like when they would say like the red guards or something they would say like zombie uh. so it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek fun little twist on it that just by changing certain words made it a totally different story but for the most part it's the same fucking story that's why the authors are listed the original authors are listed on those books. But, yeah, that's kind of what I was expecting, but, like, original stories. And, yeah, no, this isn't that so much. Although I think the next one is the um, Steve Perry one, because I read, like, the first line of it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, these seem like Sherlock Holmes universe stories, not Sherlock stories, so far. Right, like, as we'll get into, yeah. I, I don't think we've actually read a story yet that actually had Sherlock Holmes in it? Uh, Well, you know what I mean, though. Yeah, he's not, like, the main character. Right. But yeah, 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 yeah. I think that changes in the next story, in uh, the case of the Wavy Black Dagger, but like we said, that'll have to wait. Tonight we're going to be talking about A Study in Emerald and Tiger! Tiger! Written by Neil Gaiman is A Study in Emerald and Tiger! Tiger was written by Elizabeth Bear. Wow, that's an easy name to say. So the game and story. Yeah. This is like a Hugo, it says it's a Hugo award-winning story, right? And it does? I mean, I guess. It's fine. I mean, it's okay. I don't totally hate it. That makes one of us. But I don't know that it is award-worthy. Yeah, it must have been a slow year that year. I mean, I, I kind of like the the concept. There's concepts in here that I like. And, and the fact that it's a study in Emerald instead of a study in Scarlet, which was the first Holmes book. Let me tell you, I 100% agree with that. There are concepts in here that I don't like, I love. Yeah. But the execution of this story is like, are you fucking shitting me? Well, and it's, it's like, severely truncated, too. And like, I, because I, I'm like, I think this is, I mean, I knew it was a play on A Study in Scarlet. I knew that's what the title was. Yeah. But then as I'm reading it, I'm like, wow, I think this really is just exactly the way that story unfolds and, and what happens in that story. Just with, um you know, certain things changed. Well, to go back to what I said, it fe- this story does feel like Alice in Zombieland. Yeah, except I went I went back and read the read the wiki for Study in Scarlet because it's been so long since I've actually read that story. Mm-hmm. And t- this story is like the first half of a Study in Scarlet. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's with some some extra shit at the end that's I don't think in that book, but uh-uh. but yeah. So it's it's basically a Study in Scarlet. There's been a murder, and they call in. The narrator and his friend, who you don't find out until the end, is not Holmes and Watson. Well, I was suspicious from the very beginning when he talks about, the narrator talks about having a shoulder or arm wound or whatever, because I know that Watson has a leg wound. Mm. So when that happened, I was like, wait, I think he just fucked up. Ah. Uh. Because 
you know, like I just said, fucking Watson has a leg wound, not an arm wound. So yeah, see, I didn't remember it was a leg. Dude. I knew he had a wound. He was wounded yeah. in the war, but I, I didn't remember which limb it was, so I didn't even question it. I started getting suspicious, though, the, the farther we got into it, and they never said their names. He always said my companion and not Holmes. Yeah, that too. I started to wonder, like, fuck is going on here? Because from the original stories, he's always like my companion, and then he real quick is like Sherlock Holmes, the brilliant fucking detective. So yeah. But anyway, there's it's the same same deal. They go to the they go to a house with Lestrade and, and examine the crime scene, and mm-hmm. it's like the crown prince of Germany or something has been murdered. And then then they start to get into he starts to reveal kind of in a cool way too, without a whole lot of explanation and just like little bits at first. To where you're like, wait, is he saying what I think he's saying? And it's it's that all like the royalty in in England and Germany, all the princes and you know the royalty that that does uh, rules the countries. Yeah, they're not human. They're all old ones or some kind of Lovecraftian abomination, supernatural space creatures and shit. Which you know that's another thing I'll give him. That was one of the concepts I really love, but I like the way that he unveiled that. Mm-hmm. Just kind of offhandedly. Right. We was talking about the emerald blood and the writing in the emerald blood. Mm-hmm. He didn't make a big thing like, fucking keep up. This dude has green blood because right. it was just like, green blood was everywhere and it was a fucked up sight, yo. Then I looked at the wall and there was green fucking writing with the blood, I guess, on the wall. It was fucked up. And that was it. Yeah. Not in those words, obviously. They eventually figure out that it's... That it's, uh, there's two people involved in the murder. Well, they go to see the queen, the queen of England. Mm-hmm. And it's like some cosmic monster that like talks to them in telepathy and... Yeah, through their heads and they answer verbally. Yeah. So when the narrator was watching his buddy get talked to, that's when he figures it out is because his buddy's like, I understand. Okay, and then... Right, it was but, a one-sided conversation because you couldn't hear what exactly. she was saying. Yeah. But then she, like, touched his injured shoulder and, like, cured his afflicted shoulder. And the wound that he got in in Afghanistan that fucked up his arm, that was, like, a supernatural thing, too, because it was some kind of creature touched him and, like, fucking made his arm shrivel up, basically. Basically killed his arm. But, yeah, that that was cool. That That's a cool concept. And the fact that, like, the moon is red. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. And, the, and that everybody's cool with, well, most people are cool with being ruled by these creatures that basically have enslaved everybody, but not really slaves, but they've chosen that they're going to be the rulers and you've got no choice. You've got no free, you've really got no free will kind of. Yeah. So people just accepted it kind of like, you know, politically, although we do have a choice technically, allegedly, um, (laughs) um, we just accept whether, you know, you're the one you picked won or lost. We just accept, well, this fucker's the mayor now. Mm-hmm. So, that I dug and understand, understood, too. Yeah, but they eventually figure out that it's two guys killed this guy, murdered this prince. Which, before we go any further, I want to ask you what I asked you the other night. What's Do that? you know anything about Gaiman's work? Have you read any of it or I've anything? I've not read any of his work, no. Have you ever listened to him talk or anything? Mm-mm. No. No, because he... I always got the feeling that he was probably, like you said, pretentious. Yeah. Or, um, or, or like Grant Morrison-y-ish, or Alan Moore-ish. Like, 
too smart for me. Well, see, I always got the version, or I always got the impression that from listening to him in interviews or giving talks and shit, he comes off really pretentious, like I said, or like Tim Burton, like, oh, I'm a kooky artist right. type. Yeah. And that's like, oh boy. Yeah, so I never really got into him too much. And I know a few people listening are going to be like, you fucking shitting me? With my first impression being that, but yeah. But then, you know, the story goes along, they figure out who, who the uh, the killer is. And I thought that was kind of cool, too, was that it's an actor, this tall actor dude. And, you know, they go there and, like, kind of interrogate him a little or, or talk to him. But it's it's the the detective in disguise, and he's acting like a theater agent. He's going to – because they went to see this three-act play. And, like, the, the last act was, like, some kind of epic play of how the old ones took over the world. and Yeah, it was basically, like, fucking Emma, something else classy, and then it's like – the world's coming to an end. And it's like, wait, what the fuck happened? And, like, the whole audience stood up and was, like, fucking, like, see Kyle in the fucking, the play, because they're, like, they're so uh, under the sway of these rulers. Yeah. So, anyway, the guy was posing as a theater agent. He's like, oh, yeah, you could need to come to America, and, you know, we'll make you guys rich, and blah, blah, blah. And it was all a setup to get this guy to come to his, to his place the next day, where they were going to lay a trap for him and catch him. Mm-hmm. But... The dude already had already figured out who this guy was, so the reveal at the end was that he wasn't going to show up and be caught. Yeah. And the letter that he sent to him was like, "It's it's good to finally meet someone that's a match for my intellect or some shit like that." And that's when you figure out that the the doctor that because well, that's the other thing too was that like they cut this body up with surgical precision, so they knew one of the killers was like a doctor or something. But see, before that, when the brilliant detective was talking about the two suspects yeah that's when i got the turn oh because he started talking about the doctor with the limp uh and like i said i was i remember that's what watson's wound was he had a fucked up gimpy leg but i didn't remember this little fucking sawed off prick that's with the other detective that's the part. That's the part that threw me off. Was I didn't know who this guy was, the narrator. Yeah, because he's not a character I'm familiar with. Mm-mm. But and even when he signs his name at the end, it's just initials, and I'm like, who the fuck is S M? Yeah, because because um, by that point, by the end, you realize that well, because they even say the doctor's name was Watson, the killer, James or John, but they're not sure which. Yeah, so it was like, oh, okay, they call him Restorationist. Wasn't that what it was? Mm-hmm. I think so. They're basically terrorists that, that want to overthrow the old one's rule yeah. and, and put things back to the way they were before. So basically it's Holmes and Watson going around trying to assassinate these rulers, the, the royalty. Yeah, the cre- critters. Yeah, and so the detective that you've been listening or that's been trying to solve the case the whole time was actually Professor Moriarty. Mm-hmm. And then the narrator was Sebastian Moran. So it was like yeah. a, it was like a flip-flop of good and bad guys. Which was an okay twist to me, too. But at the same time, uh, you know, I don't know. As you'll recall, when I when we talked about this the other night, I was pissed. Ooh, I fucking hated this story so much, dude. <laughs> Why? Was it just that? Was it just the twist at the end that made you hate it? No, it's just because it, it confirmed everything I thought about gaming. It's like, this motherfucker just thinks he's so clever. Oh, yeah. You know? And it's like... If you know the fucking wound thing, it's like, okay, it's spoiled for you. But even if you don't and you get to the end, 
you can tell he's fucking pulling Taffy to be like, aha, and see how smart I am, wink. Yeah, the kind of it, I did kind of get that feeling a little bit. Was like, oh, now who's the smart one in the room? Yeah, and I was just like, fuck you, dude. You're just too clever for your own good. So this story, I was just right away like, fuck off. Right. Well, and then then that, then it, then that confused me because I'm like, are all the stories in this book going to be connected? Is it is this the world that he's setting up? And that's when you said this book that that story was actually published way before this book. Yeah, I think collection. it was published in some magazine or some shit. Yeah. So um, so then so none of the stories are related. I don't think in this book they're all I, individual. Well, see, we should have said this at the beginning too. This is one of the only instances of pastiche 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 pastiche. I'm fucking yeah, I'm struggling to say that again. One of the only instances of crossover. Fuck you! I'll do that. Uh, <laughs> Um, crossover material like this that has been approved by the Doyle estate. Ah. Uh. So my thought was maybe he had written that before and they're like, oh my god, it won oh, yeah. awards, we love it. Yeah. So they took that and uh. kind of built around it, was my thought. Gotcha. Maybe. I know from listening to Kevin J. Anderson talk that a lot of these sh- uh, short story collections like this... It'll be like, in this case, Michael Reeves and John Pellin, I guess his name is. They get the idea, and apparently, I would guess they got approval from the estate, and they go out to authors, a lot of times it's people they know, and they're like, hey, I'm doing this, Can do you have a story? Like, for instance, that Straight out of Tombstone short story collection, that's got that High Midnight Shamble story in it, and he was asked, hey, we're doing this supernatural western short story collection do you have anything and he was, he wrote that and gave it to him so from listening to him talk i know that a lot of these are like that so i my guess was maybe they had game and story i would guess that the estate was like that's fucking awesome he won an award and these two are like well we can come up with stories how about we get a collection together we can talk to our friends and maybe they use that as the basis or something or maybe it was just a bunch of people had stories and were like, fuck yeah, let's fucking throw them together and they approved them. So yeah, no, I doubt it. I think your, it. your version's probably right. They had the game and story and they were like, that was their pitch was yeah, like that was their, uh, that was their marquee name. Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, Ooh, yeah, let's do that. That would be my guess too, but I can't say for certain. I'm trying to look real quick and see if there's anything about copyright information in here. Cause again, I got spoiled by, uh, the um, Selected Stories series of Kevin J. Anderson's, he puts all the copyright information in it. So you know the story that he wrote in, like, fucking 1985 for some magazine. You know what magazine it was and all that. But I'm learning that not everybody does that. Right. Yeah, no, there's no copyright information. So it doesn't... I would guess all of these, other than A Study in Emerald, are original to this book. Because this A Study in Emerald has a Wikipedia page all its own. Does it really? Yeah, I don't think any of the other ones do. Well, it's fucking Neil Gaiman, you know. Yeah, I know. Who? Yeah, I'm going on record. Not a fan. Um, I like I like his voice. I like his writing is very smooth. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, it did come off a little bit like, haha, I'm super smart and you're dumb. Well, that's the main reason that I was like, fuck off. Yeah. Because yeah, he do- it is really smooth and like you said, easy to read and all that. But it's just nah. Fuck that. But yeah, there's a Wikipedia page for the book 
I'm getting ready to go to that and see if there's pages for the individual stories. Let's see. Table of Contents. Yeah, no, none of the other stories have Wikipedia pages. So I'm almost certain that's what happened. Oh, wait, we got a couple, uh... Um, the one... Ooh, that sounds interesting. Spoilers. Um, an annotated version of this story was published in... This would be The Mystery of the Worm. That was published... An annotated version of that was published in Studies in Modern Horror number three. So yeah, I'm guessing all the rest of these were uh, original to this book. Hmm, okay. Yeah, and here's something else. Oh, we forgot to mention this too. This is this may also be why you thought he came off as I'm just so clever. Was that like every little chapter, every yeah. little section in here, it has like a a little like a clipping from a newspaper, I guess. It's like an ad mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. An ad from a newspaper. And there it's all advertising different stuff like uh Aren't a few of them for the play that they go to? The for their very first one is for the play they go to. Okay. But then other ones are like uh, Victor's Vitae, an, electro- an electrical fluid. So it's basically it's this ad describing this uh, concoction that you can buy, like some tonic to make you, you know, make you feel young and vigorous again, right? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, uh, you're supposed to if you want it, you're supposed to write to V von F company. Mm-hmm. So it's it's Victor von Frankenstein. Yeah. So there's so there's all these little, little news clipping ads. There's another one for Henry Jekyll too. Right, Henry Jekyll, some Jekyll powder to turn you into something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck. And then there's a uh, an ad for a professional exsanguinator. Exquan- yeah. To come drain your blood of your foul humors, and it's mm-hmm. fucking Vlad Tepe's. And he even gives you a like a, a pronunciation guide in in this ad. As if this guy placing the ad would bother to put this in there. But it says, remember, it's pronounced Zepesh. I'm looking at the one for the fifth chapter. That's Spring-Heeled Jack, basically, because it's spring in your step, boots, shoes, save your souls. That's, yeah, that that's part of it, too. Yeah. Did I say Spring-Heeled Jack? That's uh, from a Scooby-Doo comic. Is it? Yeah, it's Jack the Ripper, though, right? Spring-Heeled Jack, is it? Well, Spring-Heeled Jack, that was from the Scooby comic. But wasn't that Jack the Ripper's thing? Or am I confused my Scooby here? Uh, no, I, I think Spring-Heeled Jack was something else, wasn't it? I fuck, I don't know. I think that, well, let's show you how stupid I am. I thought he was talking about fucking Jack be nimble. <laughs> I'm like, well, that didn't really fit with the other ones. Yeah. That's weird. But yeah, Spring-Heeled Jack sounds like it would be better. Because that's that is some kind of monster or something. Let me look that up. Because I think that my first Scooby Doo comic um, that Spring was in Heel it. Jack. Uh, Spring Heel Jack is an entity in English folklore, the leaping devil that terrorized Victorian England. Okay, now I'm gonna type in Spring Heel Jack Scooby Doo just to see if I'm fucking remembering shit wrong. Nope, there it is. Issue thirty of Scooby Doo. That was my first Scooby Doo comic. So yeah, it was Spring Heel Jack. Wow. Interesting. So yeah, that was part of it too, where it's like fucking, oh, you're so smart, we get it, you know monsters. Yeah. The first one I did think was cool, but the later ones, it was like, oh lord. Yeah, like the first one, I was like, oh, that's kind of clever, it's it's a reference to Frankenstein, that's kind of cool. But then, yeah, he kept doing it, and it was like, okay, we get it, dude. Mm-hmm. Kind of like beat, the dead, beat that horse a little too much. Fucking A, yeah. 
Um, have you read any of those old classic stories like fucking Jekyll and Hyde or Dracula or Frankenstein? Like the original stories? Like ages ago, I think I tried to read them. Oh, you tried? They're, They're not fucking good. rough, dude, from what I remember. Because, see, Barnes & Noble right now has a bunch of them in paperback for like six bucks each. Oh, yeah. They're al- they always have some kind of addition to that. Because that's another one. Those are another ones that are like public domain, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I've been, although I think the uh, Universal tries to block that, but anyhow, Barnes & Noble has like $6 editions of those, and I really want to try them just because they're like the classics of horror, but it's also just like, I don't know, I'm scared. Yeah. I think Frankenstein might be better than Dracula, but I'm not sure. What about Jekyll and Hyde? Mm, not sure. I haven't, I don't, I've never read that one. Portrait of Dorian Gray? Not interested in that one. Oh, okay. I'll tell you this. I I think I was the one person that liked uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Because that movie had a lot of that type of shit in it. Right. And I thought that was fucking awesome. Maybe it sucks now, but I thought it was fucking amazing. So, yeah, I've always wanted to go back and revisit the original stories. And not some asshole spin on Yeah. It's interesting to read it, too, because it's not... They're different than the, the movie stories that you know, you know? Yeah, well, like I said, I've read bits and pieces, like excerpt chapters of the Dean Koontz um, Frankenstein stories and, like, some stories that were supposed to be part of that but kind of got dropped for various reasons. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I said, I've said before about, uh, like, Seven Samurai and shit. You've read all the shit that's inspired by it or come after, mm-hmm. and it, it would be interesting to go back and see the original and see how that feels and yeah the originals are almost always better yeah and you would be able to understand more of what was inspired by it other than just like well this is fucking frankenstein the 14th attempt so should we move on to the second story yes which i actually liked a lot better i kind of did too even though it was it was not slower but like even less happened really in this one than in the than in the game in one Uh, yeah this one feels a lot like it could have been about five to ten pages shorter because it's like a 20 page story or it's basically they're on a hunt for a tiger that's been terrorizing this little village in india and yeah in india and there's a lot of pull in the taffy on this one too Mm -hmm. but again for me it's way more enjoyable but this goes back to what we were saying at the top of the show it's really goes against my expectations again because mm-hmm. it's not a Sherlock Holmes story. It's a Sherlock Holmes universe story. Because in this one, Sherlock nor Watson is even fucking mentioned. So on that front, it's like, wow, this is fucking disappointing. I hope they're not all like this. That's why I said I read the first line or two of the next story and was like, whew, okay. Yeah, it this yeah it was weird. It was weird that it was, but like I was telling you, this this almost felt. At least the beginning of it, the I, I I could get more into this, or I could get into this because it reminded me of uh, the Ghost in the Darkness, that movie that you haven't seen. Yeah. So like it, that helped me picture what was going on in this. Yeah. Because it was it's basically oh I don't I don't think it was India I think it was Africa obviously because it was a lion and not a tiger but yeah. ba- you know the idea is the same yeah, sort of. yeah, yeah, yeah and there's no elephants in the movie yeah and the ghost in the darkness okay so i guess really it's not like it at all but (laughs) 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 but but kind of yeah 
yeah, it sounds like vaguely similar, but yeah. But yeah, like I said, there's a hunting party in India and, you know, me and you were talking about it the other night and you were like, I don't fucking know, is Sherlock even in this? And I was like, I don't know where exactly where you're at, but maybe because they kept hitting, they kept beating this drum, uh, what's her name, Elizabeth Bear? She kept beating this drum about um, there's aristocrats and Lithuanians, 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 and she just kept saying Lithuanians. So I was well, the one guy, the, the one, the count, the guy that was the count, she kept calling yeah. him the Lithuanian. Yeah, yeah. So I was expecting a turn there where it would be right, like he's somehow gonna, he's in disguise or something. Exactly. Which again, that was something that bugged me about. Uh, studying Emerald, which I know that Sherlock and Moriarty are, like, perfectly matched. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like how he verbatim was still like, Sherlock's a master of disguise, so fucking, we're gonna say exactly Moriarty, he's a master of disguise. He's fucking taking over Sherlock's job. I don't remember that. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember Moriarty working for Scotland Yard. You know? Yeah. No, he, no, he didn't. Yeah, well, in a study in Emerald, he did. He was—it was basically fucking Sherlock and Watson's story. Just he switched the names to be clever, yeah. Or so he thought. Yeah. Yeah. So I—that was another reason I didn't like that. But jumping back, I was expecting Sherlock to be one of these characters, possibly the fucking Lithuanian right. in disguise, like you said a minute ago. And we talked about it. I was like, unless he's one of these fucking Lithuanians, I don't think he's in the story. Turns out he's not. So that was a little weird, and again, broke expectation even more for me. So that was like a knock against this, but again, overall, I like this a whole lot better. Yeah, overall, overall, it was a pretty good story. Yeah, so like you said, basically, they're they're going out to hunt this man-eating tiger. It's almost like a, I don't know, like a safari or something where all these rich people came in, and this guy is going to take them, he's going to be their guide, and they're going to go uh-huh. on this hunting expedition. Yeah. So they all get on their elephants and they're walking around hunting for this tiger and they've got all these like villagers that come with them to to beat the brush and like try to flush out the fucking tiger. I'm like, that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Where the fuck takes that job? I'm like, yeah, I'll be your beater. <laughs> and like some of them go off in the jungle and like never come back because they get fucking yeah. eaten. Mm-hmm. And I don't, she describes at one point like you hear them get eaten. Yeah. Where you hear and them. it's like, yeah. that's chilling. Yeah. So, but they end up killing the tiger, but then, then they think they're, well, they think there's, because the, the tiger was, they killed was like real old mm-hmm. and his teeth were all fucked up and busted off and shit and dull. And they're like, that fucking tight, that old ass tiger could not have killed all these people. Yeah. So they're like, there must be another one out here. So they keep searching and that's where shit gets fucking weird. Which I wanted to ask you, because again, you've read more Lovecraft than I have. Mm-hmm. Do you recognize this fucking critter? No. Because it's like some kind of flame tiger. Yeah, it's a, it's a, when they f- eventually find it, it's like an all black tiger with fucking flame lips, flame uh-huh. mouth. But it's, I mean, it's basically like a, like fucking made out of brimstone or something. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, you know what it reminded me of is like a, um, Balrog. Yeah. But not like, bipedal yeah it's like a tiger it's a tiger shape yeah a tiger shaped balrog yeah so this thing's like fucking killing everybody in their party and like 
and they're trying to shoot it and the bullets are going through them and, and melting. They say later that they found molten lead glops in the grass. Yeah, and isn't it like fucking spitting flame and shit at them too? Uh, I don't remember that part. It might have been, but like the the bullets were like passing through the thing's body and like bits of his, I guess, smoldering body would fall off or, or like, yeah. like I guess blood splatter, but it was like fire. So it would like catch the grass on fire and shit. That was kind of cool. Okay, that might have been what I was thinking of because I remembered the grass catching fire. Yeah, it was like it was like the from the bullet hitting them, like uh, yeah, like a splatter, you know. But but yeah, he fucking like disembowels a whole bunch of people, and they have to like they're about to get fucking totally whacked, and somebody shows up to save them out of nowhere. Which that one, that little fucking bit was like, wait, what? Yeah, that was a little weird. That was a little out when of nowhere. When you get to the end of it. They say this dude finally got to go home from Afghanistan or whatever, right? Yeah. Well, this is set, which I thought this was cool about the whole story or the whole book. Uh, Study in Emerald is set in 1881. Oh, Tiger yeah, Tiger is set in 1882. So I think this should have been the first story in this book, but they wanted to get fucking Neil Gaiman out there in a big bad way first. I guess so, yeah, because the, the guy who ends up riding in on a horse and saving them momentarily anyway, was uh, Sebastian Moran when he was a soldier in Afghanistan. Or I guess he was in Afghanistan and he chased, he chased this, yeah, this Arab dude and was trying to catch him. But yeah, he saved him by throwing a bag of water in the thing's face and it made it run off. So they all start hauling ass because this critter's coming after him still. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we need to get to the fucking river, we need to get to the boats, we need to get the fuck out of here. And that's when they start mentioning that, like, the weather's getting bad. Yeah. Yeah, there's clouds and on I was the horizon, like, storms coming, the monsoon's coming. Yeah, and I was like, oh, okay, so yeah, I see what's going to happen. Right. There. That was pretty obvious what was going to end up killing this thing. Yeah. So they finally get to, like, the uh, well, and then shore there's, or whatever. Then there's, all, then there's the subplot of the lady that's on the hunt. Yeah. And that count which, from Lithuania. They're fighting over some kind of magical knife. Yeah, which I will say this. At one point, I did fucking get a chuckle because they called her the woman. And that's what she was called, I think, for most of the canon. As Sherlock would just call her the woman. Oh, she was a real character? Irene Adler? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I didn't know who that was. Yeah, that's what I meant when I said that it's It's a universe. Uh, Sherlock I thought you meant because of the universe. Sebastian Moran was in it. No, 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 no. I think they only say her name, or Doyle only says her name... Maybe five times throughout the canon, maybe a few more, but for the most part, she's referred to as the woman. Hmm. So, what is she like? She work with Holmes. Uh, she was kind of his squeeze, but she's a bit uh crazy, I think. Oh. So yeah, he kind of had to stay away from her. Gotcha. Because when they got together, bad things happened. From what I recall. Gotcha. Okay. That would have made the fucking story better for you, I think, if you'd have known that. Well, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, like you said, her and the, what was it, the colonel again? The count. Count. count the the Lithuanian count who really wasn't from Lithuania, who was a fucking Russian agent. Yeah. From the, uh, they the start czar. fucking fighting and shit over this magic knife and whatnot. And I was like, what the fuck is this bullshit when um, our narrator was you know, sleep creeping on him. They thought everybody was sleeping. Mm-hmm. He's jerking off in his tent, being like, what y'all talking about? Oh, 
Mm-hmm. Listening to him argue and fight. Yeah, it's his kink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guess so, yeah. And then, you know, they've got this... Uh, who was the dude, the prisoner they had? Well, that was... They found that dude came running out of the woods, like, during one of the tiger attacks. Or Okay. He was, like, all disheveled and shit. And then that then that's when the, the fire tiger showed up. Okay. Yeah, okay. And it was... Sebastian Moran was chasing this guy. Or he was his prisoner, and he escaped. That's what I thought, but that part was a little chaotic, so I wasn't yeah, sure. Yeah, it kind of was. But it was he was his prisoner, and he escaped. And then the, the hunting party people found him. And then the fire monster came after him. And then Sebastian Moran caught up to his prisoner, and that's how he saved him. Okay. So, but... Once they run and get to the river, or they realize they're not going to make it to the river before this thing catches up and kills them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget exactly what what all goes on, but the woman ends up killing that prisoner guy because the the prisoner guy was like talking some weird shit. Yeah, he was all like fucking hum num shabai, hum num uh, Right. So she fucking stabbed his ass. Which, speaking of, there is a mention here. They think that these killings are being done by the thuggy cult. Oh right, right. Which we had a little digression about that the other day in DMs, and I was like, wait, so the thuggy cults were, like, a real fucking thing? Mm-hmm. That were, like, big bad for a while? And you're like, fuck, I don't know, I guess. Yeah, apparently they were. Yeah, it turns out they were a big problem for a while. Yeah, they were, like, some kind of criminal gang. Yeah, and then the government tried cracking down on them and shit. And there were whole divisions of government that were built to, like, track and stop these motherfuckers almost like early versions of gang task force yeah and i think you thing. i think they do mention that in, in temple of doom like when he's talking when they're at the banquet where they're eating the monkey brains i think the i think they do mention like the the little prince dude or whatever was saying the maharaja i think he said they even talk about combating the thuggies and but he was all he was actually like secretly under their control or something i think right yeah, I think, see, that's that's my Indiana Jones weak spot, because you know I'm not a big fan of that movie. Yeah. I mean, it's still Indiana Jones, so it's like, fuck yeah, it's cool, but that's the one that I tend not to rewatch. So, I don't really, really, really remember the details, I just remember a thuggy cult and fucking Hum Num Shivai, uh and Shankara Stones. Yeah, I saw that movie in the theater. I know you did. What do you think of that? I think I hate you for seeing an Indiana Jones movie in theaters, even if it is the worst one. I've seen two of them in the theater. Which was the other one? Last, Last Crusade. Crusade. Yep. I really hate you right now. Did not see Raiders, though. Yeah. I don't think. And as previously discussed in, I think, the main show, you didn't get to see Crystal Skull because you had to Babies. go having kids. Yeah. <laughs> kids ruin everything. That's why I told you before, you better keep your dick in your pants because we're going to see Indy 5. Yeah, well, that ain't going to happen, so don't worry. Uh, anywho anywho uh, but yeah the lady ends up stabbing that uh that prisoner and killing him because she figures out that he's the one that's actually controlling this which that was kind of weird too that not really very well explained it was like he was the one that was controlling this fire creature Mm -hmm. so it was like what i don't i don't get it there was not a whole, whole lot of explanation or or i guess breadcrumbs that would lead you to figure out that he was the one controlling it. There was no evidence to that fact other than she just figured it out. Yeah. And see, that might be why I like the story better because it's not like clearly I'm smarter than you. 
like the first one seemed to come off. The characters are like, yeah, I'm smarter than you. I figured this out. You didn't. Yeah. But it yeah, didn't but feel I, like I still the would, narrator. But, yeah, I still would have liked some kind of no, me too. example of here's how you could have figured that out. No, me too. But it didn't come off as... Yeah, it didn't come off as pretentious. I was going to say elitist, but yeah, that works too. So she kills that dude, and then the tiger's about to get him, and then the monsoon finally comes and opens up and, like, fucking rains on his parade and, like, you know, extinguishes it, basically. Yeah, it starts out with a couple drops, and you can see the fire tiger's kind of like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it his talks skin's about, like, like, smoking. Yeah, it talks about, like, um, the water hitting it, and it's sizzling, and... Mm-hmm. Almost burning it, but it's really cooling it down, and the thing tries to run, but the rain just hits fast and furious and fucks it the fuck up! Mm-hmm. Yep. Fucking what a world's it. Yeah. Fucking hey. Fucking melts it like the witch. I got it. Yeah, I know. I just thought I would... I don't know why I had to over-explain. <laughs> I got it. I've seen the fucking Scooby-Doo movie. <laughs> but then that's... I mean, that's basically it, isn't it? Uh, I'm going to look real quick, but yeah, I think it is. Um, Somebody gets injured and Irene runs off and this dude's like, well, what about me? And fucking help comes for him and she's like, I'll help you. And she fucking runs off. I think I already said that. So I got that a little out of order. Yeah, no, she said she'd send help back for them. So she leaves these dudes out in the desert because they every basically everybody's injured. But yeah, and this dude's like, I never saw her again, but... I dream bad shit about her, and weird shit happened. And then he didn't take up a gun for sport ever again. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, it was a pretty interesting little bit of business. I think that is the main reason I like this story better than Study an Emerald, because it just doesn't come off oddy. Right, or just a carbon copy of yeah existence. See, that, that that's one of the things, too, about that one that I wasn't expecting, was that it was it would just be a, like you said, a cut and paste of of an actual Sherlock story just with monsters in it now. I thought thought they would be all original cases and stuff. The thing that we didn't mention, too, is like in A Study in Emerald, it's even down to the German word that Lestrade thinks is somebody starting to write out Rachel. Right. Even that's in there. Yeah. And fucking Holmes is like, fucking stupid. It's German for revenge. Yeah, but then later on he says... Because he tells Lestrade he should go read a dictionary because it has lots yeah. of different meanings. And then later on he says, no, the real meaning, if you would have read the dictionary in this case, is, I forget even what, it, was it was it restore or was it? Um, um, yeah, and I'll tell you. It wasn't, it wasn't Rachel or revenge. It was some other meaning and that's how he knew that they were these, whatever the fuck, people who wanted to get rid of the, to overthrow the royalty. Oh, in the letter that he gets from Sherlock, he does sign it. We've got a hate boner for this story, apparently. <laughs> well, you have a hate boner. I just have like a... A what a, boner? A, 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 you, I said you have a hate boner. No, no, have, I'm saying you've got a what boner. Yeah, I've got a, I've got, I've got an annoyed boner. You've got a confused boner. <laughs> I've got a confused boner. <laughs> Which one? That hole or that hole? <laughs> Wrong hole, fool. Uh-huh. <laughs> or is it the if, right one? Is, if anybody gets that reference, you're awesome. I didn't get it, so I'm not awesome. Nope, nope, nope. But it does seem like we always come back. So far, we've always come back to bitch slap this story and then be like, okay, moving on. 
So the next story is pretty cool, but you know what else sucked about the other one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I did like that the, this was an original story, too. And I hope the rest of them are original stories and not just like, let's change fucking guard to zombie. <laughs> oh, it's an old form of a hunting dog. It's an old term for hunting dog. Oh, rage or... Rage, yeah. Okay. It also means revenge, and the hunter left his signature as the wallpaper, yeah. So, yeah. Um, overall, these two stories, how do you feel about them? I mean, I liked them overall. I had more problems with the first one. Okay, let me put it, and I hate baseball, but let's put it this way. What's the batting average for this right now for you? Mm, that's not a, let's don't do that. That's not a good. No? That's not a good one because a, a good batting average is like 350. Well, no, I'm. You just, you just want a percentage. Yeah, I'm taking it as. Yeah, so it's the, like 750. This is the batter who, you know, it's his fucking third at bat is getting ready to come up. So he doesn't have, like, fucking ten years of being like, wow, he's 350? This is second at bat. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Yeah, so you just want a, you just want a percentage. Yeah. I'd say 750. See, I was going to say maybe six. Yeah. Just flat six. Yeah, I mean, that that's acceptable, comes, too. Yeah. I would go, and seven, you know, I, I would go 750 because I didn't have quite as much of a problem with the first one as you did. Yeah. But there were still plenty of things that kind of annoyed me about that story. I want to... You know I'm not big on scores and whatnot. But there was stuff in the second one that annoyed me, too, so... Oh, no, definitely. That's yeah. why I dropped it to six. Yeah. Because I would say... Like I said, I'm not big on giving scores and shit, but I think we should try to keep track of our scores a little bit like that, batting average-wise. But, yeah, I would say I would give the first story, obviously, higher, but it's not a full thousand, you know? Yeah. It's not a home run, so... Yeah, I don't know. This whole baseball thing's falling apart for me because I don't really know much. Yeah, let's just do it out of one out of ten, or you know. Yeah, we'll just just do it best of ten. Yeah. So, (laughs) so right now you're at like a seven point five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I would say I'm at a flat six because the first story I would probably give like a two. Oh damn. (laughs) Maybe a one. (laughs) I dude, I didn't like it. Like I said, there's concepts in that story that I really love. Wow, that's really low, dude. I know. (laughs) Fuck. That's like if I wrote that story. (laughs) See. And then like fucking like he wrote on the wall in his own (laughs) blood. See, fuck you, dude. And. I'm starting off a compliment with fuck you, so it's weird, but hey, it's my style. Fucking fuck you, because the fucking Bagnell story, I still say that's a damn good story, dude. Uh, it could be better. Well, yeah, no shit, mine could be too. Actually, all three of mine from the camping trip could have been better. Yeah. And yes, I count that as three stories, because I wrote fucking Hook-Handed Nightmare, the... Family on the Hill one and the wraparound story. So yeah, fucking all three the of those. Reach around story. I said wraparound, not reach around. Oh, fucking same, rusty trombone. Trombone, trombone. Um, but anyway, yeah, I would probably give that a two. See, again, I'm not good at giving scores. It's between a one and a three. That's why I landed it two. Well, that that would be one between one and a three. So you're right. See, you're better. You're better at these scores than you think. You're good at figuring out scores. I was debating, it's not even that I, I'm not good at figuring scores out, I just don't like doing it. I feel like 
if you can't understand what I how I feel about the story just from me talking, that's your problem. You know? Yeah. But yeah, I was sliding between one and three, so it's just like fuck it two. And this story wow, my average is probably lower then, because I was gonna say this story is probably a six and a half. Yeah, you're yeah. Yeah, there's no way you're at a six if that one's a no, one and the second that's one's like a, a six four and a half. Point, that's like a four point two five so far, isn't it? Wow. So it's off to a rocky start. <laughs> well, I mean, if it was a great point average, that's like honor roll. <laughs> True. I mean, that's like that's like beyond honor. You know, you got like fucking advanced placement credits in there too, or something. <laughs> I don't think the scoring thing's going the way either of us expected. Because <laughs> I lost it on the baseball shit, and you're like, "Well, fuck it, Leah. you're on the honor roll." <laughs> So yeah, I guess we need to put little scores beside these stories. Okay. Out of ten. Okay, keep track of that. You want me to keep track of yours too? Yeah, you're the court reporter. Oh fuck! What do you give Studying Emerald again? Um, I'd give that one maybe a. This is interesting. Five. We've never done this before in book club. What? Given scores? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's hard, it, isn't would, it? Yeah, I would give it like a six, maybe. You're retarded. <laughs> I'd give it like a six, but I, I would give the other one like a seven and a half or eight. Well, fucking pick one. You want 7.75? Yeah. 7.75. So you're looking at about a 6.66? Damn. Isn't it? Man, 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 man. Or is my math wrong? I don't know. I'll take it, though. I'll do 6.66. That fucking works for me. So, yeah. Uh, I wonder if I was... So into giving scores because I've been listening to that Star Trek podcast and they give scores on every episode. Really? I don't know. I like doing short story collections for this. Yeah. 6.875. Okay. I liked it better when it was metal. Yeah, me too. You fucked me over. You're fucking you me, Brian. Yourself. <laughs> you fucked yourself. You fucked me, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> you fucked yourself. Not go fuck yourself. You fucked yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so that's interesting. So yeah, uh, that's pretty interesting so far. I mean, here's the big question, really. And you know, I uh, listening to us, or thinking about this conversation and how it's gone, it's funny how you're basically the breakdown dude, and I'm like the fucking... You're the, you're the color commentary shit talker? Well, that too, but I was gonna say like the, um... <laughs> the subject matter expert? No, I'm like the, uh provocateur okay because i'm like well what did you think about this and let me ask you this and you're like fuck that here's the story anywho i guess the main question at this point were let's see there's one two three four five six seven eight nine ten fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen eighteen stories in this which i'll i'm honest i'll be honest with you i had read that there were only 14 in this so i was shocked by the extra four so, my main question, I guess, though, is, um, are you interested or excited to read more, or... No, I'm definitely excited. Like, there's way more book to go. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like I said, there's three stories that I'm really looking forward to that, for me, I would really hope they're higher than a 6.5. Yeah. I have great expectations for them, but, yeah, I'm excited, too. We'll have to talk about this cover art sometime, too. I think so far we're off to a good start. I do like the idea of reading a short story collection for book club. There's something interesting in that to me. Yeah, I definitely like that. 
It seems a lot fucking easier than doing a full novel, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. You can get, you wrap your head around the whole story in one sitting. You don't have to... Yeah. We'll have to find us some more interesting uh, short story collections, then. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll call that an episode, then. Right on. Let's do some thank yous and then some horn. How about that? All right. Our thank yous, as per usual, go to at the J Sarge for our opening music. You can support him a bit more by going to remedial m hyphen fuck you both hyphen remedial m hyphen theory dot bandcamp dot com. I got unleashed for a second, didn't I? Kinda. It's a little aggressive. Oh, both you motherfuckers! It's a dash. It's a dash. Suck my nuts. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and thanks to at Sherry Archinoff for our logo that we use for this and the main show. You can check her out on the YouTubes by going to uh, youtube.com slash Sherry Archinoff. That is S-H-A-R-I-A-R-C-H-I-N-O-F-F. And thanks for our intro skit to at T-S-D Groupie. Again, that's at T-E-S-D Groupie. You can follow her on Instagram at Instagram.com slash T-E-S-D groupie. And then, again, thank you for the book goes to at G-G-A-M-K-3-0, G-I-G-I-A-M-K-3-0 on Twitter. And you can follow her on Instagram at Instagram.com slash G-G-A-M-K. Same as her Twitter, just without the three zero. That's it for thank yous. As for our shit, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and find everything we do at NerdBlitz.com. Get yourself some merch by going to RedBubble.com slash people slash NerdBlitzPod slash Portfolio. Get yourself some extra audio by going to TSDJAProductions.BandCamp.com. We've got five albums up there, gang. Um, We've got The Camping Trip, The NerdBlitz Pilot Trio, The Laughing Bird, the DCCU album and the uh, In the Vault album for five, four, three, five, and whatever you want to pay, respectively. And if you like that last one, again, we said it in the intro for it, but I'll say it again. Let us know how you feel about that. It kind of ties into this too because it's a Lovecraft story. Um, I'm at the Scooby Doom. You are at Fitzman seventy three, and both on the Twitter and the Instasham, we are both at NerdBlitzPod. Um, yeah, that's a fucking show right there, man. Yep. Um, so yeah, until next episode, when we come back with more Shadows Over Baker Street and read the story, uh, The Case of the Wavy Black Dagger, and maybe more, you never know. That sounds kind of filthy, actually. Uh, (laughs) Doesn't it? Substitute wavy for veiny. (laughs) Oh, God. I wasn't even thinking that. I was just thinking it sounds fucked up on its own. You had to make it worse. That's what I do. Well, no, that's what I do. (laughs) (laughs) We should mention that real quick, too. We're not really sure how this is going to play out. We're probably not going to do many, like, solos. So I'm going to guess we'll probably do... Yeah, we'll probably do two two an episode. That seems like a pretty good... And you never know. There might be stories where it's like, this was so bad, I don't even want to talk about it. Study an emerald. Um, or, or it could be long. It could be like a really long, veiny, wavy black dagger. That's enough. So, that might be too long to do two in an episode. Yeah, so, I would guess this series is going to be anywhere from 5 to 11 episodes. So, yeah. Until next time, when we come back with more Shadows Over Baker Street. Bookmark um, it. Oh, okay. Oh, sorry. 
No, that's fine. I thought that was, that, that was where I come in. No, I thought I was going to say something more, but that works. Okay, you can say something more. Well, okay. Um, until we come back, uh, I don't even remember what I was going to say now, so. Bookmark it. <laughs> this has been a feature of JJ2E Media and TSDJA Productions.